from LA, uh, more specific, Post and Bean, sitting here with these amazing, amazing humans, amazing women. Shrika Gates, all the way from Mississippi. <laughs> Sheesh. And I mean, LA, y'all should know, this is LA royalty, Liz Hernandez. Thank you, sir. Thank you both for joining us um, and sitting down for what we, what I'm sure, what we are sure will be a transformative conversation. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah we, we appreciate, more than ever, we always say we appreciate the time and the advocacy, and um, we're excited, you know, again, for this community that we're building to be able to get to know more about yourselves and um, all the amazing things that make you who you are. Well, I appreciate the invitation. <laughs> yeah. Likewise. It and is... also, too, sorry to cut No, you you're good. You guys are professionals, so tell us what we're doing wrong. <laughs> I don't know about that part. <laughs> I mean, you're doing a podcast in a dope restaurant. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> appreciate it. The power of, um, again, that comes down to the power of Avis PC and networking, right? And um, relationships. relationships. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the chef actually today, well, one of the chefs that's, that's preparing the food, Martin, we met Martin on a previous episode at SoFi. And, uh, and I reached out to him the other week and I said, yo, need some places to like LA centric, but cultural and food. And you know, he, he, he knows what our aesthetic is, you know, visually and then from this space, right? The aesthetic from our heart. And uh, he was like, yo, you gotta do Post and Bean. And um, we were like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then they have opened their doors to us and we get to sit here with you guys. But let, you just jumped off a plane. I did. From where? <laughs> Chicago. Why? Inquisitive mind. Um, I was actually in Michigan. I'm. I have a cultivation, a cannabis cultivation center out there, along with the dispensary. Okay. Um, so I was out there just doing my thing, checking in on the babies, on the plants. Um, we also had the first uh, Go to Cannabis Festival. So I was just out there for all things cannabis, and Chicago is like the closest airport. So, okay, amazing. <laughs> yeah. O'Hare. O'Hare. Okay. Oh yeah. How long have you been in this, the cannabis space? This is fairly new. Only a year. Wow. <laughs> Only a year. But funny enough, back in 2017, when I was living out here in uh, Los Angeles, I actually went to um, Oaksterdam University. Mm. It's in. Um, it, it's a it's a small cannabis school, but I went and took a three day crash course in cannabis because um, it's something that's always interested me. Like I'm really really into um, holistic healing and uh, plant therapy and things like that, and um, the opportunity just sort of like fell in my lap, <laughs> um, and so I'm finally now like working in that space. So. Yeah. Are there a lot of are there a lot of black women in that space? Not that I'm aware of. There are some, of course. Are there a lot um, of women in that? I space? was just gonna say. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Women. There, yeah, there yeah. are women. Um, not a lot though. Okay. We're you know we're few and far in between. Yeah. So, yeah. Male dominated. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you're paving the way though. Seriously, seriously. You, you, I mean, yes. you're, you, you came. <laughs> You yourself came from what I think people would still probably call a male-dominated industry, which is from radio. Um, but you were able to establish your own space, like really out here, like, you know, talk to us about that. Like, Yeah, uh, I mean, I was just so happy to be a part of Big Boy's Neighborhood on Power 106 and to be in a room with somebody that was so beloved and was great at his job, but it was definitely a fraternity. I was the only girl on the morning show. <laughs> I mean, there was, you know, God, there was probably five men. I was the one woman, but, uh, you know, I, I will say I, I do credit Big Boy a lot for being a great mentor and reminding me to own that space. You know, he loved his mother so much and he understood, he has so many sisters too. Okay. So he understood the value that a woman brings to the room. Okay. And he was like, man, just create your space, own it. And, you know, lean into your brand and who you are while you're here. Use this platform 
to, you know, put your flag down. And so because I had that support from him, I felt like, okay, I'm gonna lean in, I'm gonna lean into that and I'm gonna be a voice for my community and I'm gonna figure out what my voice is along the way because I was growing. I was only 22 years old. Really? So when you started when in Power, started 106. Power 106? Okay, yeah. okay. I was a baby, you know, okay. I was still figuring out who I was. But I think that was the beauty of it. As I was figuring out who I was, so was the audience. So my mistakes could be, there was this vulnerability that came with learning as you go. And people are like, oh, okay, if she's doing that and she's making mistakes, that makes it okay for me to like laugh at myself and make mistakes. Uh, so yeah. So in that, you know, you start at 22 and you're talking about discovering your voice and you as a person, a, a host and all those things, at what point, how many years in were you like, you know what, I something clicked in you like a pillar for the Latin community, a pillar for women. When did that become like a focus for you to, and, or was it something that you recognized from people stopping you on the street or, you know, when did something click into you, like your mission is, is bigger than just being the host of? I knew when, so anytime you go to Dodger Stadium, that's like a hot spot. It's like LA's in there and they're so down for you and it's so beautiful. And I remember I was there and people were just coming up to me because we had just talked on like Friday. I was going through a breakup with my high school sweetheart and big being funny guy, instead of having like empathy and, you know, making me feel good about it. He's asking me all these like hard hitting questions. Like, like, tell me how sad you are. Like, are you going to be sad when he moves on? And he would turn my mic all the way up. So you could hear me like my voice cracking, just like the boogers in my nose. He started playing like the sappiest love songs. And you know, you laugh, thank God it was an outlet to laugh and heal. But what I noticed at that first game was people were coming up to me and it wasn't like, oh man, I remember when you interviewed Ludacris or when JLo was in the building or the Laker parade or when you guys talked to Obama. It was, man, I remember when Big Boy made you cry on the air. And, and all love, of course, but that just showed you the connection of you're just like me and I'm just like you. And we go through heartaches and we go through breakups and we go through family tragedies. And that's when I really understood the power of storytelling. It's like, we gotta show all the stuff, not just the highlight reel, but you gotta show when you're really going through something in life. Because that's where people learn with you. That's where the connection comes in, right? Because right. if we all sat at this table and said, man, tell me when you got your heart broken for the first time. Right. We'd all have stories, right? <laughs> and we'd all like lean oh, in. Hold on. <laughs> He's like, wait, that didn't happen. When did you, you, know. you get your heart broken? I'm not doing that. Yeah. No, we <laughs> are doing that. No, we're doing that. This yeah, we're all doing that. This is an opportunity for growth. I don't think I've ever had my heart broken. Stop. Really? No. You lying. Not I even. Honestly, I, I've never had my heart broken from a relationship we're talking about when you're in junior high yeah high school nope i i didn't really date i was are you i'm about to go therapy session are you an avoidant he's not acknowledging dancing and music you know i didn't really date date until after i was out of high school and i don't know i just never so did you Okay, so you said you never really started dating until after high school. Yeah. But are you in a relationship like currently? Yeah. So I think when my mother of my child and um, me and her broke up after my daughter was born, that was probably the most painful thing I've ever went through. Mm -hmm. so that hard, was yeah. That was like not too, Even too long ago. Yeah. But you know, I think. That, that is a different kind of pain. Anytime there's kids involved and also loving somebody and going through that. But also, too, I'm, I'm glad it happened so late in my life because it probably it switched another gear in me that I think a lot of times, like when you hear people that were like 15 or 16 and they, heart, they had their heartbreak as kids, I think it does something to you, you know, your outlook on like yourself, you know, how you look at yourself, your worth. I think you look at you look for your worth in a lot of people, and I was so I was so much older that I knew my worth had to start with me, 
and I needed to recalibrate me. You knew that in fifth grade when you had a crush on a girl, she broke No, that's what I'm saying. I, 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 my love name was basketball and all that. But I think. Man, I don't remember having my heart broken like in fifth grade. I was like, dear diary. Uh, <laughs> this boy likes an eighth grader, and I'm only in the fifth grade. Yo, you know, that's probably this guy. But now I was in, um, I was in ninth grade, and uh, her name is Ariane Whiting. Shout out to her. Yeah, no. her dad, her dad was the coach at Poly at the uh, during this period of time. So like, um, you know, Poly High, Poly High School, like yeah. year in year out, whatever. But we went to middle school together, and yo, when that ended, I was like. Devastated. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to answer the phone. The wrong <laughs> it, yo, sensitivity, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but nah, you know, but um, it's so funny now, um, be, you're through social media, you know, everybody's able to keep in touch or like circle back. And, um, so you DM'd her like, look at me now. No, no, no. <laughs> I should. Oh, God. <laughs> But she's not. watching. I'm sure yeah, she's but, but like, nah, it's you know what? Nah, I'm gonna talk my You're shit for a second. But no, 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 no. It, it's 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 a thing of like people, uh, even then, right? You even even at that time when you look back in hindsight, you have to like now. It's more like, oh, that was growing. I was growing. I had no idea about certain things. I had no idea how to maintain any kind of a relationship. I'm in the ninth grade, but it was fun and we enjoyed each other. And you're a chapter or chapter, a couple paragraphs, I don't know, but you're in the book. Yes, yeah. You're in the book. Yeah. It's so innocent. That's what's yeah, beautiful yeah, yeah. about and it, right? it, it is, because it's like, at the time though, it feels the worst, like the worst thing ever. You know what I mean? I was just watching reruns of the Wonder Years the other day and I was like, oh, Kevin got fucked up by Winnie Garland. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was the ultimate teacher. What? Yeah. And I thought he was going to get her at the end, you know? But, yeah. That 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 would be... What's up with you? Tell us. Senior year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I met my husband. This was, like, I think towards the... Like, towards the end of the first semester of high school. Okay. I'm, like, this straight-A student. I'm taking, like college courses because I don't have any more courses to take in high school. So I'm like this, what do you say? What do you call that? Like a star child or a star student or whatever. Okay. So I meet my husband who's like the total opposite of me. And um, in what sense? In, what's, in every sense of the word. <laughs> like when you look at him, you look at me and you're kind of like, I don't really quite know why. Opposite to track. Exactly. It's one of those situations. Um, so I met him my senior year. And really, he just really helped me to get, like, to come out of my shell and to be, like, assertive in what I wanted to do with my life as opposed to, oh, my gosh, you're so smart. You should go be a doctor, you know? It's kind of like the thing down south. Like, if you're capable of doing that, like, that's what you're getting pushed into doing. And that's not really like what I wanted to do. So I kind of like broke free. I say I broke free when I met him, but <laughs> the parents, the teachers, like nobody was having it. It's uh, helping you think outside the box. Exactly. Yeah. But no one else could see that. All they could see was, oh my gosh, like this is behavior that we're not used to seeing from Drika. And it's like, I wasn't really doing anything. I was really just like having fun and like living life. Um, uh, so, if you can mm -hmm. be a little bit more specific like you're saying having fun so was it more like you didn't go to football games on Friday nights but now you were going to football games or now you were you were going to wherever to go hang out and go dance and listen to music like what was it were you smoking so, oh no I wasn't smoking then. Okay. I didn't do like any drugs I wasn't drinking or anything. I was like okay. a really good kid okay. okay um so instead of like I was I played sports so I played volleyball I did some track stuff. Um, I was in like this doctor's club. I was just like all around. Got it. Nerd. <laughs> yeah. 
you know. You filling out the resume for exactly. college, like, like real talk. <laughs> number of hours, and, you know. Real talk. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's what parents I was doing. are from the Roasters Club. <laughs> we all like the you debate team, like in the clubs. <laughs> I was in all the clubs. Yeah, when she says okay. clubs, you gotta ask what kind of clubs. Yeah, and I yeah. think I graduated. I was either I think I was third. I graduated third in my class. Um, wow. So yeah, That's I was beautiful. Yeah, I was all the way up yeah. there. Okay. So I mean, really, what I started to do, I started kind of just like bucking the system a little bit when it came to my parents like they would want me in the house at a certain time and oh you can't go to this game you can't go to the movies with your friends you can't do this you can't do that and I basically was like well I'm going to and I'll just like deal with the consequences when I get home um because for me it's like I wasn't doing anything bad I'm doing what all of my friends are doing but the thing is, is that my parents had me, like my mom was 16, my dad was 18. So they were in high oh, school. Whoa, whoa. So like Get for it. me, it was like this growing up. They didn't want me to to do what they did. Yeah. You know, so they that's were like- That's what happens, right? Exactly, that's, that's what, what happens, happens. you know? Um, and so yeah, I, 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 I wanted to live a little bit, you know? So but live. they were just so fearful that they tried to pretty much just keep me <laughs> locked yeah. away in the house and I so just wasn't happy coming into your own what, what was the passion when you started you know figuring out like your kind of identity and seeing another kind of world of things like what what did you feel passionate about like what did you want to pursue well at that time I actually graduated I went to school as a um, pre-med major so I was going to school to become a doctor because that is something that I'm passionate about. I'm really passionate about um, just healing in general. Yeah. Um, but after my second year, my husband was actually, he's a really, really good writer uh, at this time. He wasn't like a rapper or anything, but I thought that he was a great writer and he made great music. So I was like, you know, you should really take this serious. So I actually dropped out at my second year of college and started up a record label with him and actually became his manager. So like that went on for 16 years. Wow. And um, now I'm here. <laughs> I know I just like fast forward, but. So you are like a true businesswoman. You, yes. Yeah. We like... built a record label from the ground up, built his career from the ground up. Um, yeah. And now how's it feel to be, you know, focused on your own kind of entrepreneur goals now and stepping into another chapter of, of your book. It's actually pretty amazing. I was just telling someone the other day how everything is like coming full circle. Like with me starting college, I was going to college to be a doctor, dropped out, went into music, something completely different. But now it's kind of like, I've had the opportunity to go back and pursue that, but with a much clearer vision now. Okay. You know, because then I was going to be a pediatrician and now it's more so like I'm just in the like right now I'm focused on healing the body like as a whole because okay. your mind, your body, your spirit, all of that is connected. It's all aligned. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not so much into Western medicine as opposed to the power that we have within ourselves to heal. It's a balance. Yes. It's a balance. It is. You can take a little bit of like Western, a little bit of Eastern, a little mm -hmm. bit of your own internal Right, that's happening. Exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty much where I'm at now. But it's so crazy how all of those things are aligning. And I'm actually working right now to become a certified birth doula and a hypnobirthing uh, child birth educator. So just around here, make it, just having babies. <laughs> I'm not having the, babies. I know you're not having babies, but I'm just, just I'm just saying, like, babies. Some people have one career, she's like 12. <laughs> she's like, you know what? You want to have that baby? We're going to go over here in this back room over in this she's corner right now. She's going to smoke this so you don't yeah, kill anything. Exactly. And then you're going to shoot the baby <laughs> So like we Real were talking talk. about earlier, how do you make sure your cup is always replenished and that you're taking care of yourself and that you're grounded, that you can Because you're your doing best. a lot. Yeah. Both of you. Yes. So my thing is getting back to my farm. That is like the place where I get to recharge. I actually call it like my think tank because that's where I can just be and stuff just like flows to me. But that is my thing. Getting back to the farm, just being with myself and my family, going outside. I do a lot of gardening. Um, I have animals. I, spend I asked her, I was like, do you have horses? I love horses. And she's like, no, but I have camels. And I'm yeah. like, what? 
Yeah. And you know what's so funny? Yeah, it, but what's so funny is like. Shout I'm, out to Swiss Beats. <laughs> I, well, I, I just want to know how you get camels in Mississippi. Like, yes. Believe it or not, they are everywhere. And the camels that I have came from up north in the snow. Wow. From like the uh, Michigan and New York. Please teach me. <laughs> But to be honest with you, they actually thrive better in like hot, hotter regions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're all over the U.S. There's like camel berries everywhere. How many camels do you have? I have four. I have four. What they're are their my names? babies. Uh, we have Dune, Issa, Egypt, and uh, Shauna. <clears throat> Dune is that makes sense. Dune. I seen the film. Yeah, yeah, Dune is that's the white one. That's okay. the big boy. That's my big boy. So, so the, the the farm is the sanctuary. That is my sanctuary. That's where I get to go and recharge. I call I call it taking like a people break, because <laughs> I'm pretty much I'm just there with nature and animals and. That's how I recharge. Importance of disconnecting sometimes. Yes, it's very important. Very what about important. what about you, Liz? What it, first of all, <laughs> let's let's dive into some of your journey from get back to like because you have now Wordful. Tell us about Wordful, like everything. Uh, so yeah, when I was in television, uh, you just start to feel. You know, it's, I always say it's really important to enjoy the journey because you may get to the destination and be like, I worked so hard to get here, this isn't it. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like with anything. Sometimes we get into relationships and we're like, oh, I just want a companionship. And then you get in and you're like, man, this is work. Yes. <laughs> it's just different from what you think it's gonna be. So you have to enjoy the process. It's so yeah. important. That's what I've learned first and foremost. But I got into television within a month of being hired. Uh, my mother, who I'm very close with my family, uh, was diagnosed with dementia, which would turn into Alzheimer's. And sorry to hear that. Thank you. Uh, but really, it was also the transition of like, I loved radio. Radio is my first love. And it was really about understanding like the power of community. You tell a story and it's all in real time. The phones light up and people want to share their experiences. And that's how you feel less alone. That's what made the power of sitting up in this, you know, the studio every day at 5 a.m. and just laughing and having a good time and connecting. You're not just doing that with the people you work with. I felt like I was doing that with the entire city. Like every time the Lakers won, it was our win. Every, yeah, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. Was, the it way y'all go ham. It, <laughs> the Lakers win, Power Six would go ham. So there was this deep connection, and you got to think I did it for 10 years. So really, I grew up with LA. And when I got into television, you realize that there's this huge disconnect and you're reading words that are just scrolling up on a prompter, but there's nobody there to react. There's nobody there. I, it, it wasn't storytelling that I necessarily cared about. I was just following the trajectory of my career. It was like, okay, cool. I do radio. Now I graduate to television. Then what's next? And you just think like, that's what I'm supposed right. to do. Okay. And it felt very, well, I was excited. I felt very proud, especially as a Latina. Like, yes, I'm on this stage and I'm showing other women, other brown and black folks, like we all deserve to be here. We have a place here. I just missed community. I missed connection. I missed the real guts of storytelling. You know, it's like you can only tell so many times what somebody wore to a red carpet or talk about somebody's divorce or <laughs> it was just, Stuff, like it just felt very superficial if I'm gonna be completely honest and um, so long story short you do that for five years my mom's beginning to lose her words I felt I just remember being on stage one day and just feeling so out of alignment that there wasn't any other option than to start thinking about how do I make my exit and at the time I was building Wordiful. Like, it was just kind of a passion project. I was sitting in this, like, little tiny room, one light, a camera, and it became my confessional. It became my therapy. It became my outlet to talk about the type of stories I wanted to talk about, which was taking one word and just talking about what that word meant to me. Like, we talked about heartbreak. Like, what does heartbreak mean to you? When was the last time you experienced it? Who do you know in your life that's going through it? Um, to me, that like invigorates me. That gets me excited because that's real life. That's what I can relate to. And so 
yeah, just remember, again, it's like these bright lights are on you. You're in this tight little dress and you got your like Spanx on and your six inch heels. <laughs> and I'm like talking about Harry Styles getting a new tattoo. No, I, no offense to Harry Styles, like shout out to him. But I just remember like my co-host wanted to debate me on it. And I'm saying, and literally I could feel myself like hovering above myself, watching me going, your mom is on her last leg of life. Like I probably got a year left with her and I'm all done up in like makeup, hair, talking about this guy, someone I don't even know. Is this my legacy? Is this what I leave behind to my community? Are these my words out into the world when my mother can't even tell me how she feels about me anymore? No, this ain't it. And so I just started to slowly kind of know in my heart and in my head, like, okay, it's time. It's time. <laughs> Everyone has a threshold. Oh, yes. <laughs> whether it's professionally, whether it's personally, like we just know, like they always say, it's the straw that broke the camel's back. Exactly. <laughs> you just know, like at a point you're like, even if this doesn't work, and in my heart I knew I was taking a huge gamble. I can't stay here anymore. Right. Because staying here you. is not fulfilling. Right. In any way. Because right. even if Wordiful didn't pan out the way I wanted it to, I was still going to get that last year of life with my mom. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was worth every dollar I had in the bank. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 I, and I have no regrets. I think, <laughs> right. I, I think that, you know, I think the pandemic, prior to the pandemic too, but the pandemic pushed us to a space where you understand that time is everything. Like the time, like we cannot, we will not get back this moment. What it, I saw this movie, what did it say? You'll never be this young again at this point in time of your life. Like this, this is, is the youngest coming. you'll ever be. And, and, and yeah, this you is know the, what, I, what yeah. film is that? Uh, was that Will Smith? Uh, I don't know. Maybe but it wasn't. It was, but it, but it's the, the oldest you've ever been and the youngest you'll ever, ever be. be. Yeah. And so with that said, we have to we have to engage like there is no tomorrow we have to like and that's what i love about both of you and that's what i love about you specifically because like I'm, I'm looking at her like timeline you too and it's like let me just get up today and <laughs> you know what i might the script on, I, might, <laughs> I might fly a blimp right. you know what i mean i might fly i might start you know grab some camels and, right. you know what i mean you might like you guys are engaging in the manner that you should, which is with intention, your heart there. Because when they when when this when this shit runs out, when that salt runs out, you just want to say, "Yo, I I accounted, I attributed, you know, uh, uh, not something is attributed to me, but I, I account my time was accounted for." Yes. Right in the in the in the most authentic way for me right. and that doesn't mean like that's, that's the other thing i think people often are like well that means i gotta have a grammy or i gotta have a tony or whatever it is or i gotta have my name on the walk of fame or you know i gotta have a monument it means nothing at the i it, thought about that it, I was it, like, it mean, none I was of that like, shit if no. i would have spent 10 more years in television just right. to say right yeah sure. you would have got a walk of fame sure sure it would have been exactly. money in the bank sure i get that part yep. like we all need financial freedom right. and security right but what am i going to tell my friends when they come over and i'm like here i got this medal up here this is the emmy it means absolutely nothing but the story the story i tell them about my success during a blimp in my life a, right. a flash in the pan but if I say, man, I impacted this person's life and got them to change the trajectory of how they view them. And this is how I got the Emmy? Then that's, right. it's, then it's that's totally the, that, different. you know and what I mean? And it's as rewarding to me still. Like, it's still filling my cup. It's still yeah. making me feel good. And I'm impacting other people in a positive way. I think, to me, that's what we're all here to do, right? We're all interconnected. Service. We're all here to be in service. Service. 1,000%. Service. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. And I, I think this is also so powerful because, you know. Could you pass the catfish? Yeah. <laughs> Hearing you guys' you. story and the pivots and also to showing the fearlessness, but also you can still have fear and be fearless. I was gonna say it's definitely not fearlessness. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's being super scared and super fearful, but saying, "I'm gonna do it anyway. Do it. I'm yeah. gonna do it anyway, yeah. and you know, I can I can do things that are scary." Yeah, because I, I think people look at fear as like such this bad thing, or nervousness or anxiety. Like there's good anxiety, just like there's bad. Anxiety. There's always a balance in these things. Fear is growth. It is absolutely, and you have to have. If you don't scare yourself in your thoughts when it comes to your goals and challenging yourself, then you aren't you you don't think enough of yourself. You don't you're not pushing yourself to where you need to be. And you know, we the reason the whole reason we started this whole thing, we've been talking about doing a podcast for like six years now. But I think like Malik said, as pandemic happened, we had kids, the landscape of the world you say we need to give more again it comes down to legacy and what are we putting back into the earth you know what i mean we've all had amazing mentors or people that have poured into us so who are we to to keep that from pouring into other people and maybe helping somebody else's journey so you know again like these kind of stories and and being able to sit down with you guys and share these things are things that we cherish and I know other people are going to cherish, so it's fly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like when we have one person, we're helping all of us, right? Exactly. Because the higher you're vibrating, the higher you're vibrating, we're all, we bring up the elevation, like the vibration yeah. of the planet. As you know, whole. it's like if yep. you're taking care of the planet, you're taking, like, we're doing our part to make it a better place. And anytime it becomes a me mentality, which we did learn during the pandemic, right? <laughs> It's the essentials. It's not about what bag you're carrying, what shoes you're wearing. What it came down to: Do I have community? Do I have food on the table? Do I have health care? Like, do those, I have toilet paper? Do I have toilet paper? <laughs> I mean, those are the things that really mattered. But ultimately, we cannot survive without each other, without community. You know, one of us. If we, if we go down, we're all going down together. We don't take care of Mother Earth. We all go down no, together. No, listen. I'm gonna keep it a buck, like. When that was going on, so at the time I was living in Encino, right? And, um, you know, behind this big ass gate and everything. And, but when, uh, you know, uprising or whatever you want to call it, social, people are walking down the streets and then we're hearing about like, yo, there's a lot of break-ins and people are getting followed home and all this. And we're out there basically on an island, me and my family, you know, it's four of us at the time. So we're on this island and you're like, yo, like, I remember one night, it was like, yo, what's the plan if shit goes <laughs> super crazy? You know what I mean? Right. Like, cause it, right. it, it felt like that. And then you had the scanners and 
you had the community uh, like alerts that we would get because we all had the same um, whatever, what do you call it? Like a, the ring. Yeah, the ring, <laughs> the ring and the other, and you're like, oh, so-and-so just broke in and so-and-so, da, da, da. But my point is, is like, I was like, we have to be in a place where community is everything because that's what's going to help us all get to the net, to, to get to the other side of this. Yep. Like, and so I remember when they kind of sort of eased the restrictions and then we started having like people over you know and it was like first it was like nervousness like yeah because you know at that point we've been programmed like okay they might come over and they might get you sick and but at the same time, when they walked through those doors, your friends, you were like, yo. Think about how good it felt to so good to see yeah. you. Right? Yeah. Yo, and then, you know, and, then, and it started with just one family of friends. And then it was like, hey, are you guys okay? Are you guys okay? Let's have a little dinner party. You guys are cool to get tested. But it was the community started to bring us back and around. And I'm from Long Beach, right? Well, originally not, but... I'm from Long Beach, born and raised. I mean, raised. So I remember during that time also speaking to the community and how I was feeling, because I felt very, again, alone and on an island, very isolated. I would get in the car and drive from Encino all the way to Long Beach to Pacific Coast and Second just to do shopping because I wanted to be in an area that I was familiar with. And even though me and my friends weren't interacting, just their energy i knew they were around they were there and everything so then when we moved back um uh, to a certain community it was like yo they're right around the corner this is great <laughs> i i'm I, like i say all this to say the thing that we have to do we have to take stock in one another we have no matter right now, even though the world is showing us otherwise, because social media and all that, you we know better. Yeah. That 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 connection, that hand to hand touch, that sitting down having dinner, that going to games with your friends, that catching a flight and taking a trip to somewhere that you've never been together collectively, or just the simplest things on a Saturday afternoon, a chief want to come over and watch the game. Mm-hmm. That's he's, the quality of life. Yep. No, but I'm just saying my point, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, the quality of our lives is based upon is the that. quality of our relationships, yep. the, the quality of how tight we are, how close knit we are with our community. And I mean, that's really what I base my whole company on is like, we have to heal ourselves. I was talking to Chief about this earlier, especially like, you know, I feel like women have superseded men when it comes to taking accountability for our healing. Okay. And understanding. Explain it. Can you go further? Yeah. It's, and it's, I know you, you'll be able to jump into this. <laughs> well, so go ahead. <laughs> and, and I feel bad because women have an advantage of, of the sense that we understand we're emotional beings. We, we get together. Yeah. We talk about our feelings. Right. We talk about what we're going through. And men have been taught you don't do that. Your, your well-being is based upon your success. What do you do? How much income? What kind of car do you drive? You know, are you able to provide for your family? Like that's where it starts. And that's not where it starts. It starts with pouring into yourself. What's the conversation you're having about yourself with yourself about what you're feeling? I want y'all to know right now, Liz Hernandez is gonna be a good wife for somebody. God damn it. No, because that's real shit. It is. We as men, we need for the other, our counterparts to have that understanding. We all need it. Don't, don't, don't get but me wrong. We all, we all but, need an individual accountability too. Yeah, men men no, have to start saying, okay, I, they're aware. Y'all are aware now that yeah. it's been hard growing. Yeah. Everyone has, I mean, I can never relate or understand because we all have different backgrounds and yeah, yeah. upbringings and where we're from. Yeah. So to even say as a woman, I can relate. I can't relate because she would have to tell me her story and I would just have to listen. Yeah, right? yeah. But I think the importance is that men have to tap in and say, okay, it's time for me to do the work. I need to connect with myself so that I can have better quality relationships. Because if, if I don't know me and I can't understand myself, mm-hmm. and if I don't have good self-talk and how I'm speaking and, and what my, my order of priorities are, because it's not success and support and 
income and all of that first, which men have been taught that. Yeah. It's you. Y'all come first. I, now, listen, and then, I, I agree a hundred percent wholeheartedly. I'm tapped in. Like, I want men to, I want no, men agree. to start tapping into no, themselves. No, we agree. Listen. <laughs> God damn it. You know what I mean? Don't let me get it all messed up. But look, my point is we're all tapped in. But you also have to, we, we have to confront the fact that you would have to deprogram yes. everybody. Because it's, I don't know if listen, it's deprogramming. No, no, no. It's, more, it's, more, it's, it's more support. It's support. But no, no, no. You have to recalibrate. If, if, if someone's been taught, even the children in my household, yeah. or my children, are like, daddy going to do it. It don't matter what he's going through. I know he's crying inside. I know he's hurt. I know he has anxiety. I know he has depression. I know um, he's going outside smoking that stuff and it smells funny. You know what I'm saying? And walking around in the backyard and trying to figure out how to like keep the lights on and da 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 and everything. And I think so, but there's still a level of, I don't want to say insensitivity, but you also sometimes, we as men, we walk through our doors and we do not feel as if we are celebrated in the fashion that we should be. And, and I'm not saying, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm saying we all should be celebrated. Yeah. But there is a point in time where like, yo man, this is all, and it's not me alone. 100%. But it's on my back. And that is the optics of it. Because if something happens like, and the family's not in a certain situation, they're not looking past Malik and looking to whoever else. They're looking at you, like you're the reason. As much as they say you're the reason yeah. you're, the house moves so as that's, that's we do. That's the role do, you've been assigned. That's the role we've yeah, been assigned. So sure. again, my, 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 my thought is we have to recalibrate everything. Cause that's also why we're seeing the shit that we're seeing in the streets. Because people feel like, man, under no circumstances am I going to let myself or somebody starve. So if I got to take it from you and I got to do this from you. So there's a whole recalibration that needs to take place. So no matter, and, and even if I am tapping in and I'm into it, I also still have to stay aware of the fact that that vulnerable place, it's almost like I, 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 I have a, a cousin, a couple cousins who spent quite a bit of time in prison and like how do you get home well you can't be vulnerable in here you got to get back to the house you can deal with that vulnerable shit later so that's almost how we're, that's almost how we're wired right now yeah. is like yo i'm a you know i'm gonna I'm, I'm have to sit here for a minute and well, deal with it. it but I, and i'll get to that i'll get to me that not saying that that's we don't want to be like that i want to be able to actively every day get my motherfucking Luke Skywalker on, meaning Jedi, and get up and run and meditate and do all of that shit <laughs> and eat the right fruits and make shit gravitate because I only know I'm only using, what, 2% of my yeah, mind. And I want all of it. it. I want all of it. But the reality of it is, is that we have been bombarded and all that shit has been pushed down. And the moment that we, in our moments of trying to get to that place, man, there's a lot to get through. Yeah. There's and I, a and lot I, to and get I say through. that with a, with a blanket statement. It's, I'm no, not no, addressing it's all, everyone. We're but, just, but yeah, yes. it's just to have that real conversation of, of even with all of our different households, right? Mm -hmm. Like Chief and I were saying, we all got different love languages mm -hmm. because I, I could have been shown by my parents that love is quality time. Okay. You could have been shown in your household that love is more acts of service. And so, or a new pair of shoes. Yeah, or, right. or gift giving. Might look at yeah. you like it could be like you could you could be the provider. You put me up in the house. You get me the car. You did, and you're like, That's why are you, why are you why are you complaining? You're so lonely, and you're never around. And I'm like, God, I'm starving for right. that quality time, that emotional connection. Yep. So I don't feel loved, and then you don't feel appreciated because you're doing all these acts of service or you're gift giving, and you're like, this is me showing you love, and we're there's we're just miss we're crossing signals. But yes, I completely honor what you're saying, and it's so true. It's 
it's so hard. Like, where do we begin that? And that's really what I was saying before we sat down was there is a sense of responsibility, I feel like. How do we get men in one room to talk about? Just have, start the conversation. Yeah. Just to acknowledge it, I think, is so powerful and valuable to let other men know that they're not alone right. in how you feel. Right. Because like you said, you'll never find, like, five or six guys in the room talking about, like, their feelings. We may do it for, like, three minutes, but then it's like... Dudes will sit in a room for like three hours and say like six words. But it's one of the oldest acts of history. Like think about our think about our our ancestry, right? right. We sat around the campfire, and granted, y'all probably had to like drink a lot of alcohol to get there. <laughs> but that's where we shared the stories. It was at the round table. It was at around the campfire, and that's still one. Another of the most, Paloma, please. <laughs> but that's still one of the most powerful and beautiful ways to connect. Right. And I, and I, I mean, it, it's something that obviously, like you look at the fashion or the, like the beauty industry or, or how women rally for each other, right? Guys do it, but in different, we do it through sports, mm -hmm. through music and through those things. Like, how do you guys start something that we could be, no, I'm just saying, <laughs> <that y'all. laughs> but like, that's, it's like needed though, right? Because step. especially as you get older, I think that's when men begin to, you either one start to begin to be vulnerable or you get to an age where you're like you hear it a lot well like children or people are like i never seen my dad cry before i never that shouldn't be something we celebrate like, that should not that be something we celebrate because we have to normalize being able to come to each other whether it's your best friends or sitting in these settings and talking about how we feel and how we get better at healing and talking about these things because we're no good to each other and we're no good to our spouses and children if we can't learn to communicate and learn how to do that with each other you know what i mean and, and you guys is, gotta teach us but, yeah, but i think just us having this no, conversation is a starting point because yeah. I, I have friends and they have like tons of brothers and i'm like so what do you guys do when you get together right. with your brothers and like we just talk sports I'm like yo talk about your right. feelings your relationships it, your... you know what's you know it's funny so maybe two weeks ago two weeks ago i was in atlanta one of my dearest friends right Stayed at his house. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my dog, dog. Like, he's, he's the godfather of my son. So, we, like, went and had pizza, watched the games. You know what I'm saying? You know, went to, the, went to the Falcons game, Saints game the next day, whatever, whatever. And we do talk about, we do talk about things, but we're also, I think us as men, we're we're very like we're cognizant of the don't way we position it because we don't want that other person to feel like weird or like we're putting something on their plate because it's like somebody else putting something on my plate. Like, what are you asking, That's what, what are you you asking for? You need something, and you're like, nah. Just you're probably one of the only people that I feel safe talking to this about. So if I don't have that with you. Then again, I find myself back in the box. Is that something that you've ever like actually communicated? Like exactly what you just told us. Like you are like my safe space. Like I oh, feel no. safe. <laughs> you don't say it now. Yeah, I think I feel you. I but at the same time, like that is what it's going to take. It's the communication. Like that is the first step. Being able to communicate how you feel. And at the end of the day, like, all are so all uncomfortable. I know. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm not too. Okay. It should be that easy, right? I'm not saying that it's sad, but I'm just saying it that's is sad. something that. It's fucking sad. No, I know it is. I know people. But I think that's a beautiful point. Yeah. Because you'll, because, because that conversation that you're unable to have, again, if you feel that, again, this is your safe space, right? Okay. And then that door gets you shut. Yeah. But let me tell you this, the way that you flip that, you have to flip your perspective going into that conversation. If you go into it with the expectation that they're gonna be like this, they're gonna be like this. No, 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 I don't have any expectation. I know, but you so, don't. No, you do. no, 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 no. Cause we what, all do, right? Yes, you do. We no, all do it. No, what I'm saying, listen, 
what I think. Okay, maybe Out you're of right. Fear, you don't. But you say also those you're 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 kind of like what they tell you, right? Like in business, like you know, we grew up listening to Jay Z, right? So there's a no, I'm saying there's a lyric where he says, you know, read the room in a room full of sharks, right? And your friends aren't sharks, obviously, but you also have to be cognizant of how the energy that you are, you know, projecting, projecting kind of makes them feel because you don't want to be the guy who they feel like, oh, he's a Debbie Downer, da, 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 da. but you're just like, yo, I'm just going through what I'm going through and everybody has their season, you know what I mean? And I, me, myself, I'm more like, shit, call me, talk to, you could ask any of my friends. Mm-hmm. Yo, call me, pull up. I'm 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 the one to like, yo, can we do something? Like what are we doing? Like can we get together? Can we have a conversation or can we have convert not can we have a conversation, but can we just hang out? And knowing that in the midst of that, those things are going to occur. Yeah. And I know, I th- I'm definitely more sh- No, I'm I I hold myself accountable. I'm definitely the one that won't say nothing because I've already made it up in my mind what the other person's gonna Got it. react what they're going to say and what they're going to think, which shuts me down. Yeah, you've got... I, I'm starting to really realize that, you know what I mean, over this That's last... That's for you to but even... Really it's great just to even yeah, acknowledge because, that. Yeah, I guess I've always been like that ever since I was a kid. And I think as men and as people, we swallow so much stuff because we're automatically... And it's usually the, the worst thing, right? We never think this person's going to react in an amazing way, especially when it's up with feelings because... You can never, you can never fully understand how somebody feels. So we automatically think if you say something that they're not going to like, this is the reaction you're going to get. So why even say anything? I do that. I'm guilty of that. And I have to figure out how to break that bondage because as a father of a young daughter, I want her to know how to communicate more than anything. And I've seen it a few times, even at a young age where she's afraid to say something because she doesn't know how we're gonna to react to it. Right. And learning how to be compassionate, and even if I don't like it, react in a way that makes her feel where she never has to shut down, whether she's talking to me or her teacher or something like that. So so hearing this conversation is amazing and it's something that you know I have to keep ch- chipping at because it holds you back from having a real flourishing relationship with somebody. I think it's important too to go in with the mentality of like, I'm not gonna be a burden, but I might actually be giving my friend an opportunity to share as well. If I'm vulnerable, this might be his opportunity to be like, man, I've been waiting for someone to come to the table and share their life because I, because we're all going through something. And so sometimes we just need that first person to like take that initial step, you know? And I was, I mean, you've been, you know, married for so long. You guys were both in the entertainment industry. How was, how did you maintain that connection, open line of communication with the busyness and the crowds and people and fans and you guys both managing business? How did you maintain like open communication and growth? you know, in a, in a relationship, in a marriage for so long? Uh, being able to hold space for one another, like having the other person feel comfortable coming to you and pouring out their heart. Like it goes both ways, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like that is like communication, like is key to even if healthy it's relationships. Yes, even if it's uncomfortable. Basically, that's the best communication you know, is when it's it, uncomfortable, It really right? is. Okay. And it's up to the person to eventually get to a point of, like I teach this to my kids. They are very good with like being able to process their emotions because at the end of the day, like all emotions are valid. Being pissed, being hurt, being happy, being sad, being anxious, being, everything is valid but it's up to us to be able to sit with that emotion, be able to process it, and then be able to move on. You know, kind of like how a toddler does. Like one second, they'll be kicking and screaming, and then the next, you see them running around like nothing ever happened. I feel like that's important for us as adults to sort of like get back to that space because that keeps us from getting stuck, that keeps us from being able to like move forward and, and grow. 
So really being able to hold space for one another, I feel is, has been like the key. Just having open communication. We just like minority <laughs> Dr. Phil did up here. Dr. Like, Phil? Yeah. Oh, Dr. I, Phil? I think that's the realest Dr. thing. It's like most times when we feel an uncomfortable feeling, we distract ourselves. Yeah. Yep. Let's we go do. out drinking. Yep. Let's turn on Netflix. Let's do this. Let's do because I don't want to look at it. I don't want to feel it. It's uncomfortable. It. And again, the Let me jump on a dating app. Another, <laughs> another thing, again, the pandemic, right? It was like, you can't hide. Nah. We in here together. We in here together. Ain't no buffers. Right. Ain't no ain't no sports to take the kids to. Ain't no games. I can't go drinking with my friends. Ain't no business meetings. Ain't no getting on no planes. No, I'm saying that strengthened the the communication, or did that? No, it it push it, it further. Shit, it it, it within um, your household. Within my household, I think it. It it brought some very uh, it brought it just brought it to the forefront things that we were try, we were avoiding it was like you can't run from this this is what it is mm-hmm. and then with my children um, I think it was a different thing it was more like oh my dad's around more yeah. you know because we're in an industry where we are we're on planes all the time we're in the studio. We feel like we can't miss things. Then there's, I don't give a fuck what nobody says. Guys in our industry, they have FOMO. Oh, I can't miss this. I can't miss this. Oh, there's All-Star Weekend. Oh, there's the Rock Nation Brunch. Oh, there's this, there's, you know what I mean? There's always something that is like pulling and tugging at you. Mm -hmm. And so that's the other thing that I've been able to get under control in the last couple of years is like, yeah, that's cool. But this is more. But this is more. Like, that's cool. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't want to go. Yeah. But I'm saying. This takes priority. And this takes priority over that. That's cool. And it doesn't mean I'm not in the industry. Doesn't mean I'm not important. It doesn't. It doesn't mean it just, I don't care. It doesn't mean I don't care. Yeah. It just means that I'd rather go watch Kylie play volleyball. Yeah. Right. That's just me. That's you know what I'm saying? Now, yeah. the, the, now, with that said, don't get me wrong. There's still the person that's like gunning for when it's all said and done. I want to look in the mantle and I want to see hundreds and hundreds of pictures of me and the children and grandchildren. I want all of that. But for myself, and that's the other thing is that it's okay to say for myself, I also want to see not that anyone's validating my art, but I want to see Oscar. I want to see Emmy. Because that's what I want. Yeah. I want to do that. And if there's something else that's what I want, because I want to compete. I am. You know what I mean? I've always been. I want to compete. Yeah. I want to compete for best film. I want. That's that's purpose. I can tell you. Yeah, that's perfect. I can tell you sitting here right now. Everybody out there watching. We on your ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. Like, I didn't do that. We're not, we're doing this with purpose in the sense of we want to help people heal. We want to help. We're hoping that through these conversations that people are able to create tangible tools to navigate their everyday life. That's what we want to give to the space. With that said, I think also that's another thing that we got to get under control is like, but if you have fun, you're not being serious. Nah. Or you know what I'm saying? Right. Or you're like, oh, you're, you, you, nah, it's, it, this is a balancing Balance. act. Yep. This whole life thing is a balancing act. And we are on a tightrope and we just are trying to figure out how to not fall the fuck off. And when we do fall off, we hope that there's a fucking net there that catches us and, you know, like in the movie and bounces bounces you right back up. And so that's where, you know, that's 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 where I am. That's I think that's where we're all trying to get to. I love this conversation. So for both of you guys, like what are some of your, you know, personal goals yeah, yeah. over we'll, the next, you know, couple years. Besides smoking a joint later and I'm just on a camel. On a camel. That would be fly, right? Yo, listen. No, listen. You have to promise. No, no, no. No, listen. 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 The four of 
buttons. For real. And she got four camels. No. Right. We gotta get together. You gotta let cool. us come and get we're, on the camels. We're going on a trail. We're coming. We're no, we're coming to All Mississippi. Right. I'm dead ass. You gonna go? I'm, I'm Look, my, my gate is open. The gate is open. The gate is open. We're going open. to Mississippi. <laughs> Camel ride and all. <laughs> what? And blueberries? I'm down. Come on, man. Stop playing with me. <laughs> so, yeah, let's, let's talk about but Let's talk. Where, what, what's going on? Man, so for me, I'm just on this journey. Like, right now, so many things are just, like, unfolding for me, like, in the health space. And all of it is just falling in a line. Like, from helping the mothers birth their babies. Like, that whole mission in itself is to prevent all of this other stuff like the the programming that happens once they're actual they actually like come to this earth and they're in middle school and high school like my goal within like the birthing space is for them to to give them a, a really really good start a chance yes before because i mean it all starts in utero like your baby's getting programmed like while it's in your belly so we need to start there you know, and the epidurals. Are we talking about medicine? Are we talking oh, no, about no, 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 sound? No. We're talking everything. about sound, Mother the thoughts, stress, the okay. self yeah, 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 like yeah. postpartum, like all, all of that. Okay. Like, I don't know if you guys know this. You probably are familiar with this, but um, a mother that's in a stressed environment that actually like lowers the, the baby's IQ just from being in like a stressful environment. Like, and I don't think a lot of women know that. Like, it lowers their IQ significantly. Like, it hinders brain development and everything just from being stressed all the time. So, yeah, there's so much. I watched a documentary. I know you're probably very aware with this, but they were talking about just, like, the longest study in child development when, when it's happening mm -hmm. to the minute you're impregnated, whether your diet consists of mostly, like, carbohydrated foods, mm -hmm. like wheats and grains versus fruits and vegetables. vegetables. Your child has like an expected extra 10 years if you're eating yep. the leafy greens and the vegetables versus whether the pregnant mother is eating like the grains and everything. Yep. And, it's, and a lot of women didn't have a choice. It's seasonal. Right. So where what was growing in that, if it was the rain season or if it was the heat season. But I was like, and it's, I think one of the longest studies that's been done. Mm -hmm. And like these people are now like 76, 80 years old. But it's like, it's right. that, that blew my mind. <laughs> that blew my mind. Yep. I saw one so of the much. places that people are having long lives is in Costa Rica. Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Hawaii out of the out of, out of the United States like that's they're the top right? yep community hey, hey. <laughs> also that's community because hot because Hawaii you know they're they're like you want Hawaii time oh yeah you real laid yeah. back Kauai, easy going you know, Hawaii's my favorite place Hawaii is literally my favorite place yeah they just released a, a thing saying like what states were living the longest I think California was number three no, what? we were up there. Yeah, we were up there. Shocking, yeah. Because, <laughs> Shocking, I know. But you know what? It's so big. Yeah, so you're yeah, thinking yeah. Napa, other places, you know, whatever. Tell us about okay. what's what's the evolution. Where, where are we going? What are you, what, we know word of four. Talk to us. Just continuing to, I'm, I'm the student, you know, I'm still yeah. learning. And as much mm. as I just try to pour in as much knowledge and learn along the way and then pour it out to my community. Here's what I'm learning. Here are the mentors I'm meeting along the way. Here are the yes. people I'm meeting along the way. <laughs> you know, this woman has four camels and lives in Mississippi. <laughs> and you know, just, it's, it's just trying to connect all the dots and continuing to grow that. And I'm, I created a, a deck of affirmation cards and affirmation cards for children. And trying to just continue to do that, doing a second deck of affirmation cards. I created a game during the pandemic, all about connection. You know, I was sitting with the same four people every night because you couldn't hang out with nobody. And so after like the 10th dinner is like, okay, I know how your dog's doing. Uh, I know what you're up to with work, but I want to know like a real question, like what are you healing from? Right. Or where do you still need healing? Yeah. And so I just started jotting down all these questions and then out of that, a game was birthed and it, to me, I'm really proud of that because I've heard so many stories about people that can't talk to their mom and dad or can't talk to their brothers or sisters and they sit down and they play the game and they, they feel connected. I need a couple they, of them for my <laughs> There's this vulnerability. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also nice. pulling a storyteller. So that's really where I want to grow. Uh, right now, a lot of the face of, of Wordiful is me and I really want to move behind the scenes. I want to produce and I want people like yourselves, the storytellers of the world, to share 
a, a word that means something to them and talk about what inspired it so that it's like a class, you know, you're teaching the community how you overcame an obstacle, how you overcame, well, he's never been through heartbreak, how you overcame heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we got some bone with that today. We, we got to it. Today. We got to it. Because we learn and grow the most when we hear somebody else has gone through it, right? And it's, it's, I feel like what I learned in entertainment is that seems so far away, celebrities' lives. We don't look at them like real people, unfortunately. But what we can relate to is if I sit down and talk to someone that I, who I just met and she tells me a story and it's somewhat similar to my journey, I feel less alone. Yeah. When you, on the theme of wordful, so I think we should end it like this. When you hear the word, when you hear the word purpose, first thing that comes to mind, that everyone, each of us, all of us, purpose. That everyone has it. They just gotta, again, that's why it's so important that if we can hush that critical voice in our head, if we can hush that self-doubt, sometimes self-hatred, we can find it that much faster and pour all of our energy and all of our love and all of that brain power into it and really be change makers. But we get so caught up in what We've been a lot of times programmed, whether it was from our caregivers, whether it's the world in marketing that, you know, you can't be happy unless you have this car. You can't be happy unless you have this shirt. You can't be happy unless you use this razor. You can't be happy, unless, you know? And it's like, no, I, I am my own source. And mm -hmm. yeah. Purpose for me, fulfilling. Um, and it also takes you surrendering to yourself to get there. That's- Amen. <laughs> Um, I think the passions can change, but the purpose is that thing that's stuck, like sticks with you throughout your whole life, no matter what twist or turn. Like my passion for music and fashion and entertainment is my passion, but my purpose has always been service and people. So listening, like you said, listening to that thing that's always there Things may knock it off course, but you know what that purpose is. You sure you know? do. And when you identify that purpose, I think it helps clarify the path and even makes the pivots a little easier, you know, how you get to that purpose. Feel energized. Yeah. I understand that if I, uh, if I am unrelenting in my, ch in my in my chasing of my purpose, that it will give me the thing that's the most amazing thing, freedom. And my purpose is my ultimate freedom. Yes. And so as long as I stay on that thing, everything, freedom for me is, everything that's not for me, everything that's not, that, that I am to have, uh, even if life, even when life is lifing, I'll be fine. But I have to stay on the path, and so that's that's what it means to me: is freedom, freedom, ultimate freedom. Being in alignment with your soul. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yo, listen. Thank you guys so 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 much. Drinking Gates. Yo, a sweet life. Hosting Bean, Los Angeles, California. Salute.